Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, real quick, one more text. Just eat real buffalo meat. Yeah, how about that? Let's go be like the Lakota Sioux. Is that who it was? <laughs> the Native Americans that hunted the buffalo? Have you ever had bison? No. Oh, it's so good. I say you and me, buddy, we go out, we take down a buffalo. And I we think, and we eat its carcass raw I think it would to end send up, a message to the Bills. <laughs> it would end up just being me And their fans. The you can take it down. I'll stand over it like I'm Captain Morgan with one leg up. Take one of them hunting pictures. Yep. Yeah, we're going to take down a real buffalo. That'll send the message. Now we figured it out. Mm-hmm. Now we know what to do. <laughs> Fan text line where great ideas like that come in is brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, a personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. 412-928-9370 is that phone number. I I'm so thrilled that the Steelers are in the playoffs. We've just been having so much fun this week, and all of our callers are having fun. All the texters are having fun. And we're going to talk about the game a lot today. In fact, Sal Capaccio, who covers the Bills, is going to join us at 7.35. Ray Fittipaldo at 8 o'clock. we got Doug Whaley on for an hour today. A lot of game coverage. But I thought this was a fascinating interview yesterday between Cook and Joe and Peter King. The reports out there from Jay Glazer and Adam Schefter saying that Mike Tomlin might choose a gap year, might want to take a year off. Peter King was asked about that. Does he think there's legs to this thing? Does he believe the reports? I wouldn't be shocked at anything with Mike Tomlin, but I think he does a very good job of keeping his own counsel. I do think it's significant also that Jay Glazer is saying that it's not 100% sure that Whatever it is, Glazer said over the weekend, I trust Jay on Tomlin because they're tight. Schefter is the gold standard in this job. If both of those guys are inferring that it's not 100% sure that he'll be back, I put stock in it. So Peter King puts stock in it. That matters to me. Yeah. And then I went back, Dorn, and bear with me just for a second here. And I was trying to piece together how this whole non-contract extension thing happened with Mike Tomlin this offseason. And here's a quote from Art Rooney II on Steelers.com during Steelers training camp. Quote, we've done the contract at different points, and people seem to read more into that than is warranted. I expect Mike to be here for a lot longer than the existing contract. End quote. So here's two theories from me on what might be happening here with Mike Tomlin and this whole taking a year off storyline, Doran. One. Maybe Mike Tomlin is tired. He's been coaching for two decades. 
this season has been difficult. Last season was difficult. This has been a trying season. Maybe he really is thinking about taking a gap year. That's one theory I have. The other theory is this. Because Art Rooney II's already said he's getting a contract, he's not playing the media in terms of trying to get a contract. He might be playing the media. He might be having his agent play guys like Schefter and Glazer because he wants control. He doesn't like the new front office structure. He doesn't like maybe the new dichotomy of power. Matt Canada got fired right out from under his nose. Those are my two working theories on this. One, that he's actually sincere. Or two, it's not about getting the contract. He probably feels like he's getting the contract, but this is a negotiation ploy in order to keep and retain his power. Would you, okay, put yourself in his shoes. Would you want to take a break right now? I mean, like, I mean, listen, like Mike Tomlin is, you know, I mean, I guarantee he wakes up whenever we wake up. Um, he goes to sleep probably later than we go to sleep. And, you know, he's running on four hours probably on a day-to-day basis. He loves ball. He loves every single bit about it. But sometimes you just get burnt out after a while. And not saying that his his stay is, is, is you know, over, you know, past the expiration date. But there comes a time where you do want to be a dad. You know, you do want to be a husband. Not saying that he wasn't a dad. Not saying that he isn't there for his kids. But actually be involved at a at a high basis uh on a day-to-day basis so if you if you were him would you want to take a step back and maybe you know dive into tv for a year i mean tv like people always say this about cower why you know cower should come back and coach this was like what 10 years ago yeah cower should come back and coach you know what cower's there every time a coach got fired with cower's name got brought up cower 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 you think Bill Carr wanted to leave that desk that you see on on on, on uh, CBS. NFL or CBS? He's getting paid over a million dollars. Oh, he has yeah. no stress. Oh, way more, yeah. All he has to do is travel to maybe two days or one day before and go cover a game. You think he wants to leave that? He's getting paid handsomely and he doesn't have any stress? No, he doesn't want to leave that job. That job is nice. The stress of being a head coach is a lot, and mm-hmm. sometimes you need a break. And Cower understood that. Now, you said it yesterday very eloquently that Cower was obviously going through a lot of different things and obstacles in his life at the time. And, you know, he obviously won a championship. Right. And he was done. Um, Mike Tallman has accomplished a lot as a head coach. And sometimes you just need to take a step back and breathe a little bit. So if you know, I asked you the question, and I'll answer the question on my end. If I was him, yeah, I would take a step back and chill out for a minute. I'm going to answer that in one second because Peter King also talked about that very thing yesterday, Dorn, whenever he was on with Cook and Joe. I would be surprised if he pulled a Bill Cower and never coached again. If you're Mike Tomlin, I have no idea how much money he has in the bank, but let's just say it's $50 million. You're still a young man, and you have been a head football coach basically for just about two decades now. You're kind of tired. It's an exhausting job. And you're kind of tired, and you say, you know what? I kind of like when I drive past the fans sometimes, and I say, man, they get to go home for this game and go live their lives. Mike Tomlin sometimes, I bet, wonders what that other life is like. I would be surprised if he never coached again uh, after this weekend, if they indeed they lose. But would it shock me? No. I swear to God, I didn't hear that interview. At I know. All I could tell by your face just yeah, there. I, I didn't hear that at all. But I, I, I ask myself this personally every single time Mike Tallman says, Good afternoon. And he does his press conference and he has the same shirt on. He has the same hat on. He has the same look on his face. 
He has the same whistle around his neck, and he has the same uh, cross, chain cross. And I'm like, I know personally that that is the player's day off. Like, players can choose, pick or choose to go in. They can do treatment. They can get their body right. They can watch some extra film, but they could do it on their leisure. As a head coach, there's no days off. There's none. Like, every single day is a grind. And you do get exhausted. Probably after a while, after 17, 17 years of doing it, you probably are exhausted. So, you know, Peter King saying that he wouldn't rule it, rule it out and all the things that he just mentioned and then I just mentioned. Yeah, I, I don't see why that uh, he wouldn't think about this situation. Troy Palomalu was on with Jim Rome and Troy said, you know, he thinks it would be the wrong thing if Mike Tomlin's not the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers next year. And one of the reasons why he said that is because he thinks Mike Tomlin relates really well to young players. I'm not going to crush Troy Polamalu. How how could I ever? My all-time favorite Steeler, if not my all-time favorite athlete, Troy Polamalu, because of the way he carried himself and because of the way he played the game of football. He was a joy to watch. I'm not going to crush Troy. But... He's pulling from his own experience. And when Troy broke into the league and then Mike Tomlin became his head coach after Bill Cowher, Mike Tomlin was the youngest coach in yeah. the NFL. You know, Mike Tomlin was fairly close in age to the Troy Polamalu's of the world. You know, now with every passing year, Mike Tomlin gets older, but rosters in the NFL, they stay the same age. You know, new young players come in. I don't know that I can agree with Troy that now Mike Tomlin can relate to the younger players. Back then, sure, Mike Tomlin was you know in his mid-30s. Like, of course you can relate to players then, but we've seen it this year with George Pickens' problems, with Chuksakura for problems, with Deontay Johnson, problems. You know, Depending on what you believe, Kenny Pickett, maybe, problems. And we talked so much in that three-game losing streak about culture. And even during the national media was starting to say, hmm, maybe Mike Tomlin has worn out his welcome there. Maybe he's reached his expiration date. All circling around his ability to relate to the younger players. I think this year's been really hard on him. And he's been saved by the third-string quarterback. He never wanted to play that guy. That's got to be a punch at his ego. Also, his OC gets fired. And that wasn't his decision. The front office is a different structure with Omar Khan and Andy Weidel. Maybe some power gets ceded to them. Maybe he's thinking he doesn't get to make the next offensive coordinator hire. All that. If I'm Mike Tomlin, to answer your question, Dorn, if I'm Mike Tomlin, I've been doing this for damn near two decades, I would want to take time off unless I got to do this thing that I do love doing, coaching, the exact way that I want to do it. Yes. If you're going to tell me I got to change my stripes, if I got to now do it different, if you're going to take power away from me, I've been doing it for two decades. Yeah, I'd rather take a year and make money doing a cushy TV thing or just take a, a year off from football altogether. You're not going to let me do it the way I want to do it. Why would I want to sign up for that? And he feels like he earns that. And he might, and he might as well, you know, he might have earned that. Um, you know, going back to some of the issues from this year, George Pickens, even, mm -hmm. you know, Najee Harris at times, Deontay Johnson, and let's even throw Kenny Pickett in the mix. Real quick, Crowley, how do you think he handled those situations? You say, because okay, we're, we're not talking good. about them relate him not being able to relate to the younger players. Mm -hmm. 
How do you think he handled it in like maybe one or two words? Not good. Be, because why? Well, now I get more than one or two words. Yes. The Pickens thing, I think he needed to nip in the bud. You know, the first time, whenever he goes off on social media. Okay, so he didn't nip that in the butt. Mm-hmm. He didn't nip, I guess, Deontay. You want to throw him in there? He didn't nip that in the butt? Yeah, I feel like he should have called him out publicly. Okay. For his lack of effort. You know, you talk about relate, and he's relating in a different way. He is relating like a dad. Because, <laughs> he, you know, his kids. Instead of a peer. Instead of a head coach. His kids are the same age, around the same age. His son is around the same age as some of these players. I think Mike Tallman has actually evolved in being more of a dad figure than the head coach in handling situations like that. So, so in a way, he does relate, but it's on a different emotional probably level. Mm-hmm. That's how I see it. Because he's like, I am not throwing George Pickens under the bus. I am not going to ruin his confidence. I'm not going to ruin Kenny's confidence. I'm not going to switch the depth chart up just, you know, so maybe, you know, so one of my players is upset. We'll get into that later, too, by the way. I'm not going to, you know, uh, I'm not going to punish some of my players because I actually care for them personally. You know, when I was always on my best behavior when I was growing up early in my life is when I was at school. And when I was at school, I was going to play the part. I was going to listen to my teachers. I was going to respect authority. When I act out, it was at home because you could be more yourself, you feel like, in front of your parents. If you're saying that he's evolved now into this father figure because there's now that age gap where there otherwise wasn't at the beginning of his career, I mean, that would make sense to me that players feel more inclined to act out if they were to view Tomlin that way as opposed to viewing Tomlin as some sort of authority figure. Like, maybe you maybe you become too close mm-hmm. and maybe you could get chummy with guys mm-hmm. you care to like much. ryan clark because ryan clark said it before this season he cares about his guys mm-hmm. okay whenever you're whenever you're a peer and you c- care about your guys you're around the same age i think that hits different than oh daddy daddy loves me right you know right like i just think it's been a trying year for him it's been a trying two years i also really wonder man like, how much say he had in drafting Kenny Pickett? I really do. I don't know the answer to that. Like, was he was he foisted a quarterback that he didn't want? Like, did Art Rooney II, who now fired his offensive coordinator out from under him, did he make a unilateral decision not wanting the Marino thing to happen again? Like, what is all boiling up below the surface as far as this, this organization is structured that might be frustrating to him? Mm-hmm. Like, the on-the-field stuff has been trying this year. The off-the-field locker room stuff has had to probably be trying for him this year. And then the whole front office, like, it's a sea change. You don't have Kevin Colbert anymore. Like, they had a great working relationship. He only knew one way, and it was to operate in that relationship. Now it's different. Like, if you're going to tell me, if I'm Mike Tomlin, no, you can't do it the way you've always been doing it, then, yeah, I probably would take take a year off. For sure. And you just describing the way that it happens, like how these guys, you're sleeping on the floor kind of, you know, you're waking up early, you're there for 15 hours. Man. It's not fun. It's not. And it's a lot. Especially when you're not winning. Correct. And it's a lot harder when you don't have a bona fide Hall of Fame quarterback that you can rely on to bail you out time and time again. Ask, Ask Double B. Bill Belichick. Yep. Double B. Fan Twitter is brought to you by South Hills Kia and Peters Township. Visit them at SouthHillsKia.net. And the Fan Morning Show is brought to you by Armstrong Comfort with Matt Mertz Plumbing. You want to weigh in on this conversation? I think it's a good one. You can at 412-928-9370. Also, like I just said, on Twitter, 
Coming up next, I was shocked by something that happened in the NFL world yesterday. We'll get into that a little bit coming up next. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about. Basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Expand on, because it sucks to lose, Gentry. Trey, ever need to show you anything? Um, Did you have another thought or no? I'm just curious. Well, it, it... And sucks. Losing. Awful. That's why I want to win. Because you don't sleep. You want to win for the players that bust their tail. That's it. Quarterback takes it and knock it in. He was on bodies and then he had that secondary lunge. Ball was charged free. It was picked up by Elshire. Well, now they're talking. Did he get in with the initial extension or the secondary extension? They're saying no, stopped on downs. So there you have it, Mike Vrabel, before they beat the Jacksonville Jags, saying it sucks to lose, Gentry, and then swearing a couple of times. And then Mike Vrabel's defense on a crucial fourth down, closing the door, shutting the door on the Jacksonville Jags their playoff hopes, and thus getting the Steelers into the playoffs. And so I've taken off my hat, Doran Dickerson. Mm -hmm. I just want to pay my respects to Mike Vrabel. For sure. His last act as the Tennessee Titans head coach was to win a football game that meant absolutely nothing to them in terms of the standings or anything like that. And it got the Steelers into the playoffs. Mike Vrabel, my friend, you have my eternal gratitude. Because this week is fun. We can talk about playoff football because of that guy. Yeah. Now, that being said, I was stunned yesterday to read that they fired Mike Frabel. What did you make of it? Oh, I was so stunned. You know, he's a guy that all players, you know, rallied around and wanted to play for. And, you know, I see these decisions sometimes, you know, they fall in the hands, obviously, of ownership. And this is why sports are so unique compared to other businesses and other uh, you know, successful businesses out there. And we've seen, it, we've seen it a lot this year. We've seen it with David Tepper. That sports, there's a lot more inner workings to sports business and decision-making than just the business side of it. And whenever you own a business and own a successful business, usually you're the reason why the business is successful. The business as an owner in the NFL, isn't successful because you're the owner. It's successful because of the players on the field and the coaching staff and the things of that nature. Such a There's so many levels to that in order for it to work. Now, obviously, revenue, things of that nature, that's what your job is supposed to be. But, you know, you have to have a good staff. You have to have good players. And you have to have players want to play for the staff and staff want to put the players in the right, in the right positions. 
Mike Vrabel was that guy. And then you have ownership step in and make decisions that not always the decisions are made purely for football or sports decisions. They're based off of chatter. They're based off of revenue. They're based off of other things but sports. And Amy Adams Strunk, who's the owner of the Titans, I think that she was hearing a bunch of different things but didn't have the actual sense of what was going on on the field and the structure of the roster. And you'll have that in in, in sports a lot now. And it's just – it's a fine line. It's a fine line. And he's a coach that's going to be a hot commodity out there. Guys, like I said, respond to him very well. There was a lot, a lot of Titans fans and players that are very upset about this. So I was definitely – very, very shocked that Vrabel got let go. Yeah, his guys played for him in that final game. They played for Hard. him. What other reason would, would they have won that game than to do it for the head coach who had that impassioned speech before the game? They they did that for him. They did it for Derrick Henry, maybe for Ryan Tannehill, but they played for their guy coming into a game at 5-11. and 11. He was coach of the year in 2021. His first four years in the NFL... As a head coach, he had a winning record. His second year, they were 9-7 and and got to the AFC Championship game with Ryan Tannehill at quarterback and gave the Kansas City Chiefs everything they could handle. Really put an end, frankly, to the Tom Brady era in New England with that pick six at the end of that first playoff game. I don't think a lot of people expected them to win that first game. I don't think a lot of people expected them to put the fear of God into the Kansas City Chiefs at 9-7. and seven. This is a good football coach. It is my understanding he does not, like Mike Tomlin, have a huge say in the roster decisions. He just coaches the football team. Mm-hmm. He had A.J. Brown shipped off his football team to the Philadelphia Eagles. We saw what that meant for Jalen Hurts. It's one of the worst trades in recent NFL history, his roster's no good right now. And they're trying to figure out quarterback. I think it might be eh, behind the Panthers. It might be the toughest situation that a new head coach is going to walk into because the roster's no good. Maybe you believe in Will Levis, maybe you don't. I was stunned by this. And I was also stunned, Doran, that Adam Schefter reported they considered, because he's going to be a hot commodity now, like Mike Tomlin would be if he were on the open market. They considered trading him, but they thought it was too arduous a process and too difficult a process, so they just decided to fire him. Yeah, that's insane. Insane. That's that You want to talk about business? That's bad business. Bad business. Because you could have got a lot. Yes! If you feel like, what what is it, 13 and 21 over the last two years is big-time underachieving from Mike Vrabel. And you want to move on because of that, because this is the industry today, and it's it's about the now. It's about recency bias, things of that nature. If you want to move on from him, you know, I think it's weird because it wasn't that long ago that he was in the playoffs. Again, with Ryan Tannehill, 12-5 yeah. and five with Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill ain't some great quarterback. 12-5. To not shop him? That, that is idiocy well it's your duty as an owner if you are going to move in a different direction you want to set up the next president or the next person that is running things in the best situation and you know whoever the next head coach is is just going to inherit what 
Mike Vrabel had to inherit. And probably, probably not be as good of a head coach. And not be good as good of a head coach. Like, I mean, you're not setting this person up for success, whoever's going to be the next head coach. But in Vrabel's eyes and another team's eyes and maybe two other teams' eyes, maybe in different realms, this is probably the perfect situation. Because I have a feeling, talking to some of my former teammates uh, that know Vrabel very well, he is very, and it's very mutual, Interested in the Patriots job. Rightfully so. Won a bunch of Super Bowls there. Um, has a great relationship with Kraft. If they move on from Belichick, I think that this kind of this storm was perfect storm for Vrabel in his mind. I think he wanted a different start and to be comfortable with the ownership uh, that he's familiar with. I think the Patriots is probably going to be the place he, he ends up as a head coach. But. I tweeted this last night. We talked about this a lot, actually, before the show. You're Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you, do you, do you uh, shoot out a text? Mm-hmm. Just, hey, gauge the interest. Yeah. Hey, Mike Vrabel's agent. You think he'd want to come back to college? Was on the coaching staff before, yep. played there. Yep. You know, our head coach hadn't beat Michigan. Now our biggest rival just won out and won a national championship. Oh, yeah, I'd reach out. You know, as for New England, like, it would be, I think, the perfect hire for them. Yep. Because you get a guy who could bring Patriots culture, but with a different voice. Yes. And I think that that's what they would want. Yes. It's a perfect storm. Mm-hmm. Perfect storm. I wonder, I wonder if he would just, if that was offered, like he doesn't even interview anyplace else. Because I, that I don't know that it's a great situation from a roster standpoint. I, 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 I mean, That's I, a bad, bad, bad yeah, football team. But they'll get Drake May. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they'll, they'll get a quarterback. And, like, if, if, that's what you have to assess, right? Like, if obviously he got fired, but I don't know if he got fired. What if he just went in there and was kind of, like, kind of, you know, started pushing this forward because he wanted out, and they're like, okay, we're going to cut ties. And, I mean, you just don't know because I was hearing things for a little while that the Patriots are very, very interested in him. Mm-hmm. And well, you don't know if he went in there and was like, oh, well, you know, this isn't working. I don't know. I got to have this. I got to have that. And they're just like, no. All right, see ya. And he's like, okay. I'll, I'll say this, ma'am. Like, if, if the Schefter reports, the Glazer reports, what Peter King said yesterday about Mike Tomlin, if there is real legitimacy behind that, that he is considering just saying, I'm going to take a break from football, I would absolutely put in a call to Mike Vrabel. And if I'm Mike Vrabel, I would much rather come here than New England. Like, I know it's the devil you know. I know he's really comfortable well, I mean, with was, craft. He, he was drafted here. He was drafted here. I think it is much more of a turnkey operation in Pittsburgh than it is in New England. Hell, the Steelers in the playoffs. They're a 10-win team with Kenny Pickett, Mitch Trubisky, and Mason Rudolph starting football games. 10-7. and seven. It's a much better roster in New England. Like, is it about the long-term vision for you? Or is it about, I want to go to a place and I win immediately? Well, I think he would have more power in New England. I think Kraft will give him uh, not maybe as much power as Bill Belichick has, but he would let him kind of construct the roster he wants. He's not getting that here in Pittsburgh, and he knows that. Like, I would want that. If I could pick my situation, and I'm very familiar with this place. I won Super Bowls here. I know the ins and outs. I know the structure. I know the day-to-day. I know the owner. He's going to give me the power to be a GM-ish head coach. <laughs> Patriots. So you're not gonna, you know you're not going to get that here. You're right about that. Like, Tomlin has it because he earned it. He earned it. For almost 20 eyes. years. Right, exactly. You know, I've always been in the mindset that if Tomlin were to walk away or if they did move on for whatever reason, I want to go with an offensive guy. Mm-hmm. You know, there are exceptions to that, though. You know, Vrabel would be an exception to that. I think he's a massive, massive, massive culture guy. I think he's brilliant. 
Like, all those, uh, what was it, the false start thing he was doing against Bill Belichick a couple of years ago, like working within the gray areas of the rules, brilliant. I think he is an excellent game planner from everything I understand. He is a wonderful culture guy. He has done, you know, the people are going to say, why do you want Tomlin out? This guy's had back-to-back losing seasons because that's a guy that actually did more with less. That guy really did what so many people say Tomlin has done. Tannehill, he's going to AFC Championships and putting the fear of God into Kansas City. Steelers go play Kansas City in the playoffs with a Hall of Fame quarterback, get their doors blown off. Like, this is a guy that has achieved a lot with not a lot. Mm -hmm. And now he's got next to nothing, and so the record reflects that. But, you know, when he had a decent roster, not a great roster, at 9-7, and he's going in there as underdogs and working his way from 9-7 and to the AFC Championship game. That is incredibly impressive. He didn't forget how to coach since he won the award for the best coach in the league in 2021. <laughs> right. All right, we've totally screwed the clock here, so we're not going to do two segments uh, for the rest of this hour. We're going to do one more giant commercial-free segment coming up after this one. Uh, you can text us, 412-928-9370, on the Edgar Snyder & Associates uh, fan text line. Uh, it's a personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. Coming up next, two national sports media opinions on the Steelers that are from complete opposite ends of the spectrum. They're waiting until you hear these. Loaded show today. Sal Capaccio, who's as good on the Bills as anybody. Bill sideline reporter going to join us at 735. Ray Fittipaldo at 8. Roger Wood, the creator of the Here We Go Steelers song. He'll be on with us at 835. We'll have the world radio premiere of the Here We Go song coming up at about 820. Doug Whaley from 9 o'clock until 10. So we got you wall-to-wall playoff Steelers coverage how about these differentiating opinions from two separate national people, Dorn? Lewis Riddick, pit guy. Steelers are uniquely qualified to shock some people in the playoffs. Pete Prisco, CBS, one of the longest tenured NFL writers out there. You have no idea who he nope. is. He puts weird takes out there all does the time. He? Yeah, he does. He said the Steelers are bad. They have no business being in the playoffs. So, two completely different ends of the spectrum right there. You know, Lewis Riddick says, oh, they can run the ball. They're going to get Minka Fitzpatrick and DeMonte KZ back. Buffalo turns the ball over. Maybe there's weather. Steelers have a chance in this thing. They can pull off an upset. Meanwhile, Pete Briscoe has been covering the NFL for longer than I've been alive, says they're, they're a bad football team. They have no business being in the playoffs. Which one's closer to the truth, do you think? I mean, I would have to side with the former director of player personnel and a guy that I think got an interview low-key with the Steelers to be the GM, and it has been floated to be a GM in the NFL at some point in the near future, which would be Lewis Riddick not being biased right now because he's a pit guy, but I, I, would send to, I would tend to side with Lewis here, especially just because you know what the Steelers kind of are now. Uh, with Mason being able to throw the ball down the field, with Mason mm-hmm. being able to exploit one-on-one matchups and use George Pickens, he obviously didn't last game because of the elements. Uh, I think the elements will play a factor in the game on Sunday. And the Steelers are a very good right now running football team. Yes, they are. And I think that that poses a problem for Buffalo. And the Steelers will be able to control the ball and try to keep the ball out of Josh Allen's hands as much as possible. So I think that they're the Steelers for the first time this year. I believe that the Steelers can shock you and beat you multiple ways. Mm-hmm. 
There's times this year where I was like, okay, well, they're going to win in the fourth quarter, and they're going to win. It's going to be a close-scoring game. If they keep it close, they're going to win. Uh, Kenny Pickett, fourth quarter. Uh, you know, they're going to run the ball. Sometimes it looks good, sometimes it doesn't. But, oh, you're going to hang your hat on the run game. Now I think that they can hang their hat on the run game for sure and staple it to the wall, but they also can throw the ball down the field. They can beat you that way. Um, they can beat you in multiple ways now, which is that's how you play playoff football. So if the elements are what they're we're expecting them to be, I think the Steelers are – you know, in in a decent position. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't think that I don't want to. I guess make my prediction now. You save it for the final segment on Friday. I don't think the Steelers are going to win the game, but it wouldn't totally shock me if they did. You know, when Pete Prisco says the Steelers are bad and they have no business being in the playoffs, you know, what's he think about Buffalo? Yeah, exactly. You know, Buffalo, thing. right? I mean, they got a much better quarterback. Fine. Oh, uh, yeah, MVP absolutely. guy who's got 15 rushing touchdowns. I mean, that's a big difference, but. They're, 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 I mean, they were uh, you know, a touchdown whatever away of not making the playoffs. Well, depending on if Jacksonville had, had taken care of business. If Jacksonville would have taken care of business and won their game and they would have lost to Miami, they would have been out. But the Steelers— But it was the same situation as the yeah, Steelers. Yeah, the Steelers. Yeah, the same situation. You know, win your game, have Jacksonville blow it, and you're in the playoffs. If those things didn't happen, you're not in the playoffs. You're right. And both teams fired their offensive coordinators. Both teams have defensive-minded head coaches who are cut from the same cloth, went to the same college, in fact. You know, if you think the Steelers are a bad football team and they needed the last week of the season to get in, I think you have to look at the at the Bills at fair as a fairly similar situation there. Again, the difference being Josh Young. No one's calling the Bills bad. I, I get that because they've got that guy mm-hmm. but their season was one day away from being the most massive disappointment in the entirety of the NFL if they didn't make the playoffs that is the biggest flop in the entire league I don't think it's even close so I also think if you make it like there are bad teams that make the playoffs I think the Steelers are better than Tampa I think the Steelers are playing better football right now than the Philadelphia Eagles I think if the Steelers and Eagles played a Beaver Stadium this weekend, I would pick the Steelers to win that game. I think they know more what they are right now than Philadelphia does. So I don't I I am closer to agreeing with Lewis Riddick than I am for sure in agreeing with Pete Prisco. There's a massive element of pressure for the Buffalo Bills in this game though. And whenever your your head coach is under pressure, you feel that as a team. Mm-hmm. Uh it trickles down to to you know how important this game is and I feel that McDermott knows how much pressure it is for his job and his future with the Buffalo Bills by winning this football game. And I feel like I could just I have a weird feeling that in that facility there's there's a there's a confidence, but there's also a pressure element to it that the Steelers don't have right now. And that could either go be good or it could be really bad. Well, let's talk about that actually a little bit coming up next. It might it might aid Buffalo now. Okay, whoo, kind of exhale. We're in the playoffs. We got the second seed. And so all that pressure that had been built up, can we get in? Can we get in? Are we going to get in? Maybe now it's, okay, we've achieved what we were supposed to, roundabout way. Now let's go out and be the Bills again. Let's talk about that coming up. Also, depth chart gate. Mike Tom with a real weird answer to Ashley Leotis yesterday about the Steelers quarterback depth chart. The 50-minute mark on the fan is brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Route 19 in Peters Township, celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. And the Twitter poll is brought to you by P.J. Fitzpatrick, home improvement, trustpj.com. And the subject of the Twitter poll is this. 
Lewis Riddick says the Steelers are uniquely qualified to shock people in the playoffs. Pete Prisco says the Steelers are bad and have no business being in the playoffs. Who's closer to right? At underscore Adam Crowell. You can vote. Right now, it's fan weather. I'm reading a lot of things here. I'm out of breath. Fan weather is brought to you by Sun Chevy. 2024 starts with great incentives on the Trailblazer, Blazer, Equinox, and Silverado. SunChevy.com. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.